and welcome to episode 125 of Three Geeky Ladies. I'm Elisa Paselli, and with me today is Vicki Stokes. Hey, Vicki. Hi. How's it going? Not bad. Good. Um, Suze, unfortunately, was unable to join us today because she had a prior commitment, but in her stead, we have the world-famous Mac Mommy, Lisa <laughs> Davis. Hello, hello. Also hey, originally Melissa, from Tucson. You. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I've always wanted to do this. <laughs> yeah. So before we get started, I want to uh, do some follow-up that we got from our holiday gift idea episode. And this one is from Donna Campbell. And she said, hello, I discovered these last year, but it was too late to order as they were already sold out. I ordered seven as gifts this year and plan to get at least 10 more next year. And it's the Food and Wine Bone Maman Advent Calendar 2018. And it has jam and honey. Cute. So that sounds interesting for the people who like uh, food gifts. And she said, thanks for a great show, Donna. So thank you, Donna. And we will put that in the show notes for this episode for anyone who is interested in looking at that. So today we want to talk about New Year, New You. Now, normally when people hear those words, they think about diet and exercise. And if that's what you want to to do for the new year is get back into a um, more healthy eating routine and some exercise, that's great. But that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is doing something for you something that makes you happy, maybe something that you've been putting off for, for a long time, and now's the time to say, I'm going to do it. And one of the things I think is really important is reading. And find time find time somehow to read, whether it's audiobooks, whether it's physical book, whether it's a Kindle book. And one of the places you can go to is Audible for uh, listening to books. It's $15 a month. They do have a free trial. You sign in with your Amazon account. They also give you, um, I believe they give you one, like a, not a test book, what would you call like a sample book, mm-hmm. some yeah. sort of a book that you can listen to for free and you can save up your credits if you're listening to Audible. Um, for me, I prefer a service called Scribd. It's S-C-R-I-B-D. It gives you a 30-day free trial. You get an unlimited number of books and audiobooks. It's eight ninety nine a month. And if I had the time to read more, I would definitely subscribe to Script. They have a good selection. As some people have said, they don't feel the selection is good as it is with Audible as far as audiobooks are concerned. So you would have to go on and, and go through their library and see what works for you. But I did a 30-day trial, and I read a book, and I listened to a book, and I really liked it. I thought it was a good service. They have apps for your iPad, your iPhone. Who reads the books? Is it the author or like some hired voice actor? It, it's just like Audible. It depends. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes it's the author and sometimes it's um, hired talent. Mm-hmm. The book that I read was read by the author. So uh, that's good. And the other thing that you could also look into is Kindle Unlimited. If you have Kindle, it's nine ninety nine a month. A lot of times they have offers for either extra free months or I think I didn't... Um, I did a trial one time. It was something like 99 cents for three months. So that's another um, avenue to look into for reading. There's a lot of options out there. Vicki, I know you said you wanted to talk about some reading too. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things is that I, I'm interested in learning um, 
Spanish. I've been working on this forever. And the most success I've ever had was using audible um, recordings in my car as I'm commuting to work. And one of them was the Pimsleur's um, um, Spanish one program. They have from all languages, uh, but Pimsleur is really a good one. Um, and uh, you can get that via Audible. Another thing you need to mention about Audible that they do also have a free 30-day trial. Uh, I think, I don't know if you mentioned that, but uh, Audible also has a 30-day uh, a trial. And after the trial, you get like three titles a month, one Audible book, and plus two uh, uh, Audible originals. They have their own that are made specifically for Audible. That's and, what I think I was trying to think of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty, I, I've had Audible before now Amazon owns it, but but at long before Amazon. And what I love about Audible is that you get to keep everything you download. As and and what's really interesting because when Amazon bought it, I didn't know they had bought it. It, it owned it for over a year, and I hadn't been using Audible for a while. So I go to try to find all my my books, and they aren't there. I contact Amazon, and they go, "Oh, uh, we don't have you. We can't help you." And I said, "Are you out of your mind about this?" And Audible promised me that I was going to have this for life. Five seconds later, I had all my books. I don't know why I <laughs> said that. But they gave me my books, and I was so happy because uh, some of them I've listened to again because I hadn't heard them in, in years. Uh, but learning a language is like, you know, when do you have time to sit down and just do that? And I found that it was so great using Audible in my car, so... That's yeah, this thing one thing I did want to mention and I, and I forgot about. With Scribd, you don't keep the books. It's one of those things where they're in your library as long as you're paying. But once you stop paying, they're gone. Now, for someone like me, that's fine because once I listen to a book or even read a book, I'm done. I move on right. to the next one. But yeah. if, like Vicki said, if it's something important that you need to have that book in your library all the time, Audible might be a better choice than Scribd. Yeah, I like Scribd, too. I just want to read the books that I've been collecting for a long time. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> that too. <laughs> I'm I'm at a point in my life where, you know, I'm in a different transition than you guys. I still have little kids around. And so we can't really afford like monthly subscriptions and things like that. But I have, I had kids late in life. And so I have a whole lifetime of things that I'd collected before I had kids and, you know, the things that I, I swore I would get back to. So now that they're a little bit older and, and not as clingy <laughs> and just before we head into teenagerdom i have this this little bit of a window of opportunity where i want to read some more too in fact uh even just in just just reading i just want to do something that isn't like my business or housework or something like i just want to do something like you said in the beginning like something that's just for me that isn't so taxing on my brain all the time. Like I just, I need like a, a break, just some kind of break. And hell, even if it's just bingo, I've just, uh, I've been looking at different bingo games, like just to do something that I don't have to really think about intellectually a lot, but something that kind of keeps me a little like sharp, like I have to focus on something. I guess that's the word is focus. I have such terrible inability to focus because I've got two little kids that have issues with focusing and I've got just so many things going on. I've got so many things on the burner as it were. I don't cook. Lisa, you know, I don't cook, but that's a metaphor that I can use that people well, understand. Well, you and I are soulmates there. Yeah. <laughs> if, if I burn anything, it's it's going to be food and it's going to be just my, my time in general. So I, that's something that I've been looking to do too. I, I have physical books. I have 
Kindle books. I have books in the Apple Books app. I just have all, even just PDFs of stuff that I downloaded. And and part of that is too, I kind of want to weed some of that out. Like, oh, do I, I said I was going to read this. Do I really want to read this? You know, to kind of take stock and inventory of things. So that's, I agree. I, I definitely think we need to read more. If anything, for me, um, you know, health is a uh, Health has been a focus, mental health, physical health, and I just don't want to spend so much time on Facebook anymore. You know, I'm, I'm not really, I'm not in a place where I want to like, I mean, I would like to say I would like to delete my account, but I'm not in that place. Like I'm not, I have too many things that are attached to it. I have a uh, family, we talk a lot about genealogy, you and I, we've talked about that in the past. I don't know, Vicki, are you into genealogy too? Do you dabble in that kind of stuff? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I mean, I just, I have my, my husband has a cousin who has a group and then I have a group and like, I'm the, the manager, the admin of that group. And sometimes that's the only time I ever really get to see pictures of my grandmother or my family members. So, you know, there's just things that are attached to it that I don't want to let go of. And I shouldn't have to either. It's just a kind of a mental health thing. There's things in there that just kind of drag you down and, and take to suck the life out of you. And I just think to myself, okay, I'm reading, but Screw this! I'm just gonna go pick up a book instead, and that's what I'm I'm trying to uh, trying to reach for. Yeah, yeah. Facebook is good for the genealogy aspect of it. I have found pictures of different cousins that I've you know they don't know me, but because of the uh, Facebook, they let you download anybody's picture if you don't have any controls on it, which is which is good and bad because I'm using it for good, not for evil. Right. But mm-hmm. I've been able to at least be able to also confirm if you said, if I found something that said, Melissa is really my cousin from my grandmother's side, I can look you up and find and go, oh, wow, she really is because I'm finding this person, this person, and this person attached. So I would download your picture and then just put it next to your name in my genealogy program. But I have found like you, Melissa, Facebook, you know, it really is a cesspool, just like Twitter. Mm -hmm. And I've learned in Facebook that I just kind of scroll. Mm-hmm. And when something catches my eye that's not cesspooly, you know, political mm-hmm. or <laughs> right. negative, you know, if someone just says, hey, I just went to this concert or my son just graduated college. No, I read those kinds of posts. Everything else well, I've learned to just do. It's become eh, I don't our, need this anymore. It's become our um, obituaries. It's become birth announcements, wedding announcements. I mean, there's so many there's so many things we wouldn't know about if it if people didn't share it on Facebook. And I mean, for practical purposes, too, we had a family member who died a couple of years ago. And I had no idea how much I mean, I just assumed in in my family, like, you know, back east, like all these years, you know, you die, you someone puts your obituary in the newspaper, or, you know, and you have a funeral and stuff and like that. Not I don't want to take us down like a morbid trail or anything. But I had no idea just how expensive that stuff was until I watched my spouse go through it. And I was like, holy crap, it opened up my eyes to just, I don't know if that's because I don't, like I, I don't have anything to compare to. I wonder, has it always been that expensive, or did the price get driven up because of things like Facebook, because of social media? Because you can post someone's, you know, memories. I mean, I mean, there is a feature. I have it set up. I don't know if you guys do, um, where you can have your settings set that if something happens to you and you die, your next of kin or you know someone that you specify. So my husband and I, and like I have my sister or something, that someone can go and like manage the quote unquote perpetual care on your Facebook wall, you know, cause so that people can go and like post their, you know, their memories and things like that. But so many people don't know that that feature is in there. And I've had other family members have passed away and like their page is still there and you go and, you know, people share pictures and stuff and memories. But then I always feel bad. Like, 
what if they get hacked or what if, you know, some, what if something happens? And I mean, they're not around to hack themselves, but that doesn't mean that they, they can't still get hacked. So like the newspaper, you know, you get what you pay for. I mean, but it costs hundreds of dollars to publish an obituary in a newspaper. And then um, I was helping a client with this not long ago too. Uh, She, we were talking about something and it caught her eye and she's like, oh, can we go look up? Like she's trying to determine if one of her relatives was still alive. So what do we do? We go and Google the person. Oh yeah. You know, she has a Facebook account, but she hasn't posted in four years. So, and she's in her eighties. So, you know, we put the clues together. And then she saw that, oh, well, that's her husband. He passed away. And we went and looked at his obituary. But then because whoever didn't, and it was 10 years ago. So because whoever didn't pay for the perpetual care of that, uh, what would you call it? The, um, the memorial, the online virtual memorial, you couldn't, you could only read a little snippet of it and you couldn't read the rest of it. Like she wanted to know what the cause of death was because it started to talk about it and it was truncated. And I was like, oh, darn it. Uh, you couldn't, you couldn't go any further unless you made a payment or a donation or something like that. Or if you paid to like renew it. So that kind of stuff happens, you know? So, right. but it, does. it is what it is. I mean, this is, this is what we have now. And it's, it does, it gets kind of depressing. It's like, well, that's all I ever really look for anymore on Facebook. Cause I do, I try to stay out of the cesspool and I am looking for the, you know, the death notices, the marriage notices, the baby. Of course I love the babies and, you know, new pets and things like that. And I try to focus on that stuff. In fact, I've even, I, I always try these different experiments when it comes to that. So my, my latest experiment has been that I won't actively, first of all, I deleted the app from my phone completely and I deleted Messenger. Messenger annoys the you know what out of me. Uh, I wish people would just stop sending me stuff because anymore it's become like the cesspool that was email forward. That's all chain I get mail. anymore. Chain mail letters yep. and chain mail and, and I just scams. delete them. Yeah, I don't even want to see them in the first place, but see, because I have no, a business, I, I have to go check because sometimes clients contact me that way. So I still have to go read them, but I have it set up so that I get an email, but then I have to go and like load the web page anyway it's a hassle but i do it that way on purpose i purposefully make it a hassle for myself so that it's not so casino addictive like you know i'm not constantly chasing after that damn little bell so that's what i've been doing lately and i just i just don't go in and actually post from facebook but i might say have my my uh instagram if i post pictures on there I, I don't I would like to just stop using Facebook for my own personal needs and just go in and read other people's stuff like my cousins and things like that and like and comment on the pictures of the kids and things like that. But then I think I know there's my aunts out there that they don't they're the same way like they just they're kind of like bird watchers. And then I think, well, they're missing out on stuff that's happening with, with my kids, you know, and then I think, well, OK, so I'll, so what I've been doing lately is just sharing my pictures from Instagram and I have that hooked into Facebook so that I don't actually have to go into Facebook and do it. Instagram kind of does it for me and just funnels it in there. So that's, what's been mm-hmm. my, my experiment lately. Mm-hmm. Do you guys well, um, do that? Let me sort of thing too? That's one thing that I do with, with uh, social media that has helped me tremendously is to not follow anybody. Mm-hmm. So I don't, all that crazy stuff that they post, you know, I have some family members that I follow because they, if I don't, I won't see the baby pictures yes. like that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But that's it. That's it. I don't follow anybody. And then so, some of those people have fallen off the radar. You know, a lot of people who I got thousands of friends. I don't know how I got the, the big tip. I think it's because I have a dog and um, that'll do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, Pomeranian people are crazy. Uh-huh. So are multi-poo people. <laughs> 
Yeah, yep. So that's what I do. We I mean, so I got, that's how I got thousands of friends. But they're not friends. They're just you know people yeah. that I, I see. And if if they go a little rogue on their on their pages, because uh, I generally uh, join groups so that I can talk about that. Because people get bored with just seeing me talk about food that I'm eating and stuff like that and dogs. So I generally join groups and I posted ninety percent of my pictures there. Uh, and then also um, uh, I uh, for food I have a. A food group that I belong to. Yeah, so see, if you're a foodie, food then stuff. that's that's helpful. I'm not necessarily a foodie, but I do love my little puppy. I had dinner last night. You know, they're not mm-hmm. interested in that. So I just put, put it in that food group. And, it's and positive. I have that complain that I don't see your pictures anymore. I said, well, join this group and you'll see it. Uh-huh. And some of them have found it. You it's know, like so you're using I, the right tool for the job. So like where it's appropriate to post exactly. that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for a while there, yeah, so. instead of having, like like I said, I deleted the mm-hmm. Facebook app, but then what I would do is I would just keep the website bookmarked on my phone, like in Safari. And for a while there, what I did was, and you can try this too if if, if it seems to make sense to you, like you, it reminded me, because like I follow a multi-poo uh, group on Facebook because I have a little multi-poo dog. And so instead of going right to Facebook, I actually bookmarked the multi-poo group so that when I yeah. entered Facebook, I had to, like I do these, I play these tricks on myself, like for, it's, I don't know, I find it just a way to help my mental health. And so instead of going directly onto Facebook, I would land on the puppy page. And this particular group that I follow is very strict about like, you know, it has to be positive and uplifting. We're just here to share cute pictures of our dogs. And so that's my entry point. I go in through there and then I, I feel happy right away because I'm faced with just all, you know, happy puppy pictures. And I find that very therapeutic. So that's what I had started yeah. doing there. But like you said, um, that's another thing that I wanted to do this year was I was going to try another experiment and just, I had been doing like what you said, Vicki, I unfollowed people, like people that were just kind of toxic. Like, you know, there's family members, there's close friends, there's people that I love. I don't have to necessarily agree with them politically or even on, on technology or anything, but I love these people and they're my friends and I do want to keep in touch with them, but there's no rule that says that you have to follow them. So, and I yeah. try to teach that to my clients too, when they get really overwhelmed by all this stuff, they're like, Oh, I don't want to see all that. I'm like, well, you don't have to. So I was going and unfollowing specific people, but now I think what I'm going to try is I'm going to unfollow. And this isn't to like insult anybody, like even you guys, like I, I just am going to unfollow everyone and then i just want to see what facebook does with that algorithm like what happens if you follow no one like maybe i'll just leave my husband on there and that'll be it you know and then maybe like i'll slowly put back like you know i put back my sister but oh my god i love my sister but she's constantly posting pictures of food and it makes me hungry because when am i looking at facebook like late (laughs) at night and like no 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 i don't want to see that that's yummy that's delicious but now i need to go to get a snack thanks so I, I'm going to try that experiment next and, and see what happens. But well, did you know that you can do groups? You, you can, can group yes. people mm-hmm. so that you could say, this is my family group. This is my friends group. This is my technology group. So if you're not interested in anyone but just your family, just look at your family group. So you won't yes. see me or Vicky or anybody else. What we I have post. tried that. And I did make groups like when that first when the feature first came out, I was all over that. And I made a bunch of groups. And then what happened was I, I think I just went overboard and I made too many groups. And then I made it too difficult for myself. And then I kind of gave up on it. But where that has been helpful was like, say, 
clients or clientele or, you know, people that I'm or colleagues would we'd want to follow each other, but I didn't want them to see some of my stuff or like I didn't want them to see all of my swears and things like that. So then I would use those groups to isolate people out for stuff that I didn't want them to see. And then that became too much work. And then I was like, ah, this is just too much work. So yeah, if it's too much work, it's like you said, if it's too much work and it's not fun, then let's you just don't do it anymore. (laughs) Right. Yeah, where there's a will, there's a way. There's always something to figure out about that. But it's always an experiment for me. So that's why I keep it around. Yeah. You know, another thing I do to distress myself is that you were talking about pictures. I create like albums of uh, of my photos on my phone. Mm -hmm. And when I had this long commute on a train, I used to sit on a train and look at those pictures and that, that stopped me from thinking about work. I was just, was just relaxed. And, and then I think, Oh, let me call my cousin. I haven't talked to her in a while. Cause I saw a picture and, you know, and then, then I just spent time organizing those albums and it, that's sort of therapeutic. In oh, itself. it is. It's like cross stitching. It's like something that you have to do. That's kind of like a repetitive action and it's an organizing action. I love that. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's yeah. on my list of things to do too. And I've been wanting to do that and it just got so hectic over the holidays, but Lately, what I've been really enjoying doing is just like you said, like I, I'll put together albums because my mom and my sister don't have Apple phones. Like they don't have Apple products. They have Android products. And the barrier, the problem has always been like, how do I share pictures with them? Like when I try to text them, it's like, oh, it's still downloading. Or I, I only got two out of the four pictures that you send and you can't, you can't send, I don't know if this is just them or, or what, but you can't, like an iMessage, you can send a picture and then as the picture is posting, you can type a, a text message and it'll go along with the picture. Well, it doesn't work that way over on the Android side of things. So I was like, oh, I got to find a different way to do this. And so, and this is recent, probably within the last year or two that I think you can do this now. Um, what I've been doing with success is I will make an album and just like I would for my other friends and family members who do have Apple products where you can share a shared iCloud photo album, uh, because I can't do that with, with the Android family and friends, what I do then is I, I don't like having to make it a public website, but that's what you have to do. And it's, you know, it's pictures of just the kids and stuff that I've taken that I feel comfortable that, oh my gosh, I mean, to, to find that, that public URL, you'd really have to do some digging. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a gobbledygook URL that it gives you, but then you can share a link to the album. And even if you put captions on pictures and comments and stuff, they can read those. So that's what I've been, and videos also. So that's what I've been doing for my mom and my sister. Then that way I can text them just one link in one text message and then they can click on it and then it just turns it into this really pretty website because I've tested it out on other things to look at it and it looks really nice. It puts it in a nice grid and you can just flip through it and you know, it's like your own little personal private Facebook island, if you will. It kind of, you know, looks like that to them. So have you tried that? Have you guys tried that at all? Made albums online? No. All my family members no. have albums. No. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a good idea. They can download it and yep. do all kinds of stuff with it. Yeah. Yeah. So that has kind of, you know, lessened the barrier to being able to share that kind of stuff. Because I'm with you. I love doing that. That is a really good distressor is just going through and just editing things and cropping things and going through and like, you know, oh, my, my one son like never smiles, right? So I have to take 12 pictures and find the one that he is smiling <laughs> in. And, and the dog, well, you know how it is with the dog. I'm, oh, my gosh, I must have, I think the dog is starting to usurp the kids because I'm constantly <laughs> taking pictures of her. And the portrait mode, I'm always trying to get her in portrait mode. And it's just so funny and trying to get her eyes just right. And yeah, she's become my muse. So that's been a de-stressor as well. They're so stinking cute. 
Vicki, one of the things you have written down for reading is an app called or a website called Hoopla. I never mm-hmm. heard of that. That's uh, well, you can get like digital. Um, um, you can get books. You can also get uh, uh, other kind of media videos and stuff. I actually saw uh, this documentary about Hamilton, the the play, mm. uh, uh, on there, and um, it's it's just, it's also can be uh, it's also affiliated with your library for any kind of videos. <gasps> oh, this looks good for my yeah. kids. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So and it's and that, so all that's free. You know, that doesn't cost you anything. Yeah, we like free. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And then also there's there, I also have Libby. Libby's a, a yes. app that allows you to download um, uh, audio and video and um, no, no, I'm sorry, uh, I, I, ebooks and. Um, We've used that on our iPad with the kids, and the interface is really beautiful, and it shows you um, where you left off and stuff like that. Because my kids are, you know. They're in the grades where they have to, you go by their Lexile measure. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but nowadays, you know, kids have measurements that they, they're in goals that they have to achieve for certain levels to see where they're mm-hmm. on par with reading. Like, I don't know, in, in this state, like I have a third grader right now, my second third grader, and he's doing fine. But if you're a third grader, if you don't pass the reading component, you have to repeat the entire grade. It's like move on when wow. ready or something. So, yeah, they made a new law about that. Wow. Yeah, so it's really strict. So where you know, we have leaving to kids, leaving kids behind creates such a detriment to them. They 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 remain behind because they it, it just defeats them. You know, so that's sort of wow. I I, I, don't, I don't know how good well that's going to turn out. But uh, Meet Libby is um, for ebooks and audio books. I don't want to clear that up. It's both of them, and you can put it on your phone. Um, because that's what it is. It's an app, but you can also use it. I think. Um, uh, via your, no, yeah, yeah, it's on Google Play, uh, and for Microsoft, I don't know what that for Windows ten, uh, and then of course for the Apple, um, Apple Store. But I, I enjoy it. Uh, it's an easy way. Sometimes I'm at work and I'm thinking, oh man, when I get home, I don't have, have any book that I'm interested in reading. So I use that app to quickly find something that I can immediately download. But the problem with I think is that everybody has. Figure this stuff out about the ebooks that you can get to your library and it's free. You don't have to buy books. So you're always on this long waiting list for anything yes. that's really popular. I'm glad you <laughs> brought that up because I saw you have Overdrive there too. And that's what I use is Overdrive. Yeah, I like yeah. Libby Overdrive, yeah. better than Overdrive. I think they both kind of do the same thing, but I've had better yeah. success with Libby. But yeah, you do have to kind of make yourself like a queue and pick a bunch of different books because they might not always be available. And I think I want to say it's 21 days that you can loan the book. You can recheck yeah. it out if nobody else is waiting in line after you yeah 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 Yeah, overdrive is good for the kindle because that's what i do Uh, you know it tells me that it i have it set up so that it checks it out for me already yep it'll Mm -hmm. i'll get an email from overdrive saying hey you know such and such book just came in and then it brings me to amazon and then it downloads directly to my kindle yeah and it's a use nap also for your iphone (gasps) oh the michelle obama audiobook becoming is available i'm looking on the page yeah i got that on too (laughs) yeah i'm i'm two-thirds of the way through that right now nice there's a good selection here. Yeah. Book, book, book. Yeah. Yeah. I borrowed that from Overdrive and I'm reading it on my Kindle. And what I do is I kill two birds with one stone. I have, I always forget what they call this, but it's, um, it's, they're just pedals. Like you're pedaling a bike, but you just sit in a regular chair and you just pedal. 
So I use that as an exercise oh. and I sit for half an hour and I put the workout on and I'm sitting there pedaling my legs and reading on my Kindle. That's so I'm killing two birds with one stone. So I'm exercising and I'm reading. And then, so what I'm trying to make myself do is I don't read very much in the wintertime. I read mostly when I'm able to sit outside, whether it's on the deck or by the pool. So I don't read as much at this time of year. So what I'm trying to do is force myself to read at least half an hour a day. That's a good goal. So, yeah. So what I do, like I said, is I just sit down and I start pedaling and I start a workout. Even if I went to the gym earlier in the day, still do a workout because I just, I'm one of those people that I can't just sit. Yes, it's still. <laughs> I have yeah. to do other things at the same yeah. time. I'm that like way right too. now I'm waving my hands all around. Uh-huh. You know, if I'm sitting and watching something on TV, I'm also knitting at the same uh-huh. time. So I can't just sit. So mm-hmm. I figure, well, if I'm going to sit there and read a book, and some people use of it. are good enough to be able to read and knit at the same time. That I cannot do. Mm. So I figure, well, I'll just do a little bit of exercise at the same time. So what do you yeah. do? So, what workout do you set up for your Apple Watch for that? Is it, is it I use open other, goal? Or, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You still Pretty get much that for it. everything. Yeah. Now, is that just a pedal where it's kind of like it's your ankle level? Because I have a recumbent, but it's up higher. So Yeah, this is small. Yeah, it's, I need something I smaller I want to say it was like about... That. $40 on Amazon. Is it the same thing that Mike has? No, Mike has more of an elliptical and his was a few hundred dollars. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and I think his gives a better workout. Like mine doesn't really give, you know, an intense workout, but my legs mm-hmm. do feel it. My thighs mm-hmm. feel it. Because hmm. you're just sitting there for half an hour pumping a bike. Right. Yeah. And you can adjust it. There's a little adjustment on it where you can make it more resistant. Have to send me a link to that because that sounds interesting. Because I have like restless leg, so <laughs> something at the ankle level would be better. But my hips are shot, so that's why I don't use yeah. my recumbent. Yeah. But speaking of knitting, one of the other things I have uh, listed it is for New Year, New You is be creative. Mm-hmm. And that could be painting, it could be cooking, it could be knitting. There are different places like Blueprint, which used to be called it's called um, used to be Craftsy. Oh, okay. And I've heard at, of that. Yeah. Well, that what they decide what they did is there used to be the crafty side, which is where you would purchase a course. Could be a knitting, crocheting, weaving, um, any kind of sewing, cooking, basket weaving, all kinds of creative endeavors. And then you would purchase the class, and it's yours in your library. Then they came up with Blueprint, which was more of a uh, rental online subscription where you pay X amount of dollars per month or per year and have access to everything. Well, what they decided to do was combine it. So now it's just yoga. They have all kinds of classes. Um, I've bought a few classes and I've just been lazy and haven't been watching them, but I really should. Even some on cooking, which we know (laughs) I need, but there's painting and cake decorating and they do give you a trial period so you can look around and see if you like it. They have a deal. They used to have a deal where it was $99 a year, and I think they gave you a free quilting kit. I'm not sure if they still do that anymore. But you have access to all the classes. So if you just say, well, I, I want to thinking about knitting, I'm thinking about cake decorating, I'm thinking about painting, well, you can go check them out. So that's one way of uh, here, I've got grilling, embroidery. And you can also make purchases there. So if you want to buy yarn, if you want to buy fabric and kits you can do that too they say we've combined the spirit of craftsy with the magic of blueprint so that's something and if that's not your idea of creativity well what about coding 
Mm-hmm. You can learn how to code. There's a website called Code Academy. Yep, my kids use that. They have that yep. kind of built into school. Yep, and they've got all kinds of different class, and it's free. And they've got all different kinds of classes. You can learn HTML, Java, <clears throat> JavaScript, Ruby, C++, all different kinds. And I guess there are classes that you can get that are paid for. But if you just want to learn, like I found, um, I went back to school in 2007, got my degree in web design, which I have not used on a professional level. But now if I'm using something like Squarespace or any kind of template driven website, like a uh, rabbit weaver, mm-hmm. even though they're template, if you know HTML and CSS, you can go in and tweak. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you wanted um, your type to be red and for whatever reason you can't get red on that particular template, you can go use your CSS and mm-hmm. tweak the code to make the type red. And that's something that you can learn on Code Academy. And the other thing you can go into, which is totally free, is Swift Playgrounds. That's Download one of the biggest on- reasons why I got this this iPad was so that the kids could yeah. play on Swift Playgrounds. Yeah, and that will give you an idea of how to code. So those are ways to, you know, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, just be creative. Yeah, just use your use your creative muscle, you know, your brain. Just the other night, uh, Lucian finally has, my oldest son finally has a capable iPhone, thanks to someone who donated it to him. We're very grateful for that. And uh, just the other night, he was like, Mom, can I have GarageBand? I was like, sure. So I put GarageBand on there. And oh my gosh, he's just spent hours just creating and just being so creative and making all these songs. He's learned how to make ringtones. So now if you need like a custom ringtone, he's he's your dude. So... (laughs) Flexing your creative yeah. muscle. That's I love I watching my kids be of. creative. I love crafts. I am such a, I just love crafts. I think it's so good for you. Oh, yeah. They, a lot of people will say that if you're knitting, it's very zen. I'm too wound up of a person to be zen. Pun intended. But <laughs> I, I, but like I said, I can't sit still. I can't just sit there and do that thing. That's one of the reasons I, why I don't go to the movie theater. Yeah. But there's many reasons why. But many knitters do bring something simple like a sock. Because uh-huh. you're just going around and around and around. That I won't do at a movie theater. But when I used to go to the movies, and we used to go a lot, especially when my husband and I were dating, we used to go every Saturday night. But I fidget. Uh-huh. I, you know, shift to one side. I shift to the other. I cross my legs. I uncross my leg. I cross in the other direction. I shift on one. I can't sit still. I'm very, very fidgety. So when we're watching TV, I got the needles in my hands. Uh-huh. So I'm watching a movie, and I've gotten three inches on a sock while I'm doing it. It's better than double screening because a lot of people do that. We, us included, sometimes <laughs> we'll sit there and like, or oh, there's it. a commercial. Oh, there's a commercial. Or otherwise, I eat and yeah. I don't need that. Yeah. That's well, we have a we have a my Mac friend, uh, Donnie Ankelo, that has this charring um, YouTube video uh, called Scribbly Studio. So if you're interested in learning how to draw, it's just videos, and you look at him, and he'll teach you how to draw a snowman. Teach you how to draw a hedgehog. It's called Scribbly Studio, S-K-R-B-L-Y Studio. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think it's really cool. I'm very intimidated by creative stuff. But this video, I was actually able to draw a hedgehog. <laughs> wow, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's, I think it's great for kids. Um, you know, there are always people saying that their children want to learn how to draw, don't know where to begin. This, I think his videos are really excellent for that. And I think he said it's for um, elementary ages on up. So, you know, Ooh, link me that's up. something you can look. 
to YouTube, you can subscribe to it if you want to. It's S K R B L Y Studio Scribbly Studio. It's cool. Yeah. And Melissa, do you have anything else that you wanted to add? Um, I think I covered most of it. Oh, I wanted to ask you guys about Slack. Do you guys? I think you do, mm-hmm. Elisa. I've seen you in there a couple of times. And what do you think about Slack? I, you know, we were talking about kind of like alternatives to being stuck in Facebook world all the time. And I just thought, I wonder if maybe I should start getting into Slack more instead of so much on Twitter and, and Facebook and maybe just go. It's actually, not the same. No, it's not the same thing. Well, I kind of don't I'm want concerned. it to be the same Someone thing else in a way. Might, be, might give you a different answer. We have a MyMac Slack group. Oh, okay. And what I like about it is like this morning I have um, Adobe Photoshop Elements 11. And it just does not work anymore. It's an older version, and I know it's not going to work once we get to whatever the next version of uh, Mac OS is. Whether what would that be, uh, 10.15? Where I'm what 14 now? Mm-hmm. So because this is 32 bit, so all I get is beach balls. It doesn't work. Mm. So I was asking them today what would be a good alternative. You know, should I go for Pixelmator? Should I go for Affinity? So they were you know we were throwing suggestions back and forth because I do I would. Which this worked, but for my particular need, I don't, for my particular, I need it for one particular reason. So sticking with elements would be easier, but that's another story. But the thing is, I'm only talking to those people. Mm-hmm. It's a close. If you want to talk huh? to a wide group of people, that's what Twitter is for. Right. Because you might be able to put out there, hey, I'm looking for a Photoshop elements replacement what do you recommend? And then if you hashtag it, you might get people who aren't following you responding to you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you can have that conversation. Whereas with a Slack, first of all, you have to be invited mm-hmm. by whoever is running it. And then, like you said, it's a closed group. And those people are there to talk about a specific thing, like it might be technology, or it might be knitting, or it might be cooking, or Whatever the case may be. I mean, mean, it might be good from a family point of view, like maybe if a bunch of your family, because they don't have messages, they're not, you know, you said some are on Mm -hmm. iPhone, some are on Android, that might work. And that might be a way of sharing photos with each other. Mm -hmm. But then it's one more thing for the people who aren't as well versed in technology Right. To have to learn. It's intimidating. I mean, it's even intimidating for me just because I belong to a couple of groups and I want to read everything. Like if (laughs) I'm trying to avoid FOMO and I think sometimes Slack just gives it to me even worse because I don't, it it drops you off at the bottom. Like, I guess because that makes sense because it's the most recent place. Like, and so you have to scroll upward and it's like, you have to read backwards and you have to go back in time through the conversation. I'm just not on it regularly enough to be able to keep up. And then I get confused when there's like side conversations and I don't know. I want to. I want to learn how to use it better. Like I, that's kind of one of my one of my new you goals is to to get better at Slack and and see what see what it has to offer and see if it's really worth it. Because if I want to read more, I want to read more about specific topics. I want to read more from specific people instead of just all the other cesspooly kind of stuff. I guess it could mm-hmm. turn into a cesspool if people aren't careful, but it doesn't seem like it has. It seems like it is really people having a conversation around a topic that you want to know more about. So. And then the only other thing that I had on the list was journaling. Um, that's always kind of like an ongoing goal. Um, I have always journaled, but I've always done it by hooks. I've always just had um, an app, and I use day one 
and it fulfills that need. And I've also used Memento. And basically, you just sign into your social media accounts, and then everything that you post to social media ends up being filtered into your journal. And I like that. But what I want to do this year is I want to try to do more journaling myself instead of relying on just social media posts. I want to, I, I, for a while there, like I said, in the past, I, I had deleted the Facebook app, but for a while there, I had my day one app right next to my Facebook app. And my goal in the last two years was to try to be less dramatic. I don't always win at that. But uh, every time I thought about something that I wanted to fire off about, I would move my finger to the right instead, and I would tap on day one, and I would post it there first. Or if I had a moment of weakness and I started banging out the text on, on a Facebook post before I hit post, I would go and select all and then cut it out, and then I would post it into my day one. So it didn't end up actually getting out into Facebook land. So that was something that I was a little bit more disciplined about before, and I feel like I've slacked off on that, and I need to get back into just journaling, just putting my thoughts, my private thoughts, keeping my private instead of constantly just diary of the mouth. <laughs> my thing with journaling is that I think I, when I used to journal, I was in college, and I used to write it, you know, and I, I think I was more creative when I wrote it. But nowadays, I look at my handwriting, and I can't understand it. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the problem. Is my, I, love, I love handwriting. I love studying handwriting. In fact, my, I'm making something. That's something else I, I didn't put on there. I should put that on there. I am actually making a Keynote slideshow. Um, I have a client who wants to learn it better, and I know how to use Keynote, but I want to hone my skills, and I have this project that I've been working on. It's like, I guess – for you, it'd be like maybe if you were uh, knitting a pair of socks or making a quilt or something. This is like my digital kind of quilt. And I'm putting together this slideshow that goes through the stages of this particular handwriting. Um, it's a curriculum that they use called um, Spalding at my kid's school. And it's a very technical, like you use a clock face and you make the letters this you know certain way. And it's designed to combat uh, dyslexia and things like that. And I really like mm -hmm. it. And now I'm trying to teach myself the cur the cursive portion of it. Um, between my two kids, like there's three and a half years and I can see a big difference where my older son really didn't get these foundations and he struggles. He struggles with spelling. He struggles with writing. He doesn't enjoy really like he's starting to, but he hasn't always enjoyed writing. Whereas my second son was given these foundations and it made it, it just made life easier because he was taught how to do it in a way that facilitated it. So then he didn't struggle with it as much. And so I really like it. So I've been trying to make a keynote, a slideshow that goes through all of the stages and like how this is how you make this and this is how you do this. And, and uh, then I'm animating it. So that's just a creative project that I'm working on that I really want to, you know, finish. I have it, you know, started well enough, but that kind of falls under creative too. But mm -hmm. I just wanted to, oh, yeah. you know, it's just something that I, I know how to do, but I just need to stick to it and like get better at it. And, oh, here's a new transition and that sort of thing. So that's been fun. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people look at creativity as strictly uh, the arts. And it's not just that. It could be anything. I love instructional creativity. Like, I'll use my son as an example again. Last night when he was playing with GarageBand, I didn't know, like so many people always talk about ringtones, and I didn't know that, that you could do this. And he figured it out that you can create your own ringtone in GarageBand, like with your own, you know, the loops and the music and stuff. But I always thought that you had to plug your phone into your computer and then drag it in through iTunes. Like I thought there was some other convoluted way to get that ringtone into your ringtones list. No, 
nope, he figured out how to import it right right from there. Our next thing is going to be, okay, can you airdrop it to me? And can I put it in my phone? Like, we haven't tried that yet. But he figured this out last night. Like, I just love watching kids get creative with this stuff. And I yeah. was just amazed. That, not surprised. I mean, he's very, very smart about that stuff. But I was amazed that he was able to just whip up these these really creative sounds and make this ringtone and then get it. And he's like, Mom, call me. Call me. Mom, call me. <laughs> <laughs> so we were like calling him, you know, and, and getting it to ring. And like, he'd make a different because you can assign ringtones to people. And then he'd assign a different ringtone to me. And I said, you know what? I said, I want to know how you did that. Make a screencast of it. And he's like, oh, yeah, I can do that now. So he recorded. It's like six minutes. And so I'm going to have him, you know, try to cut it down and, you know, try to make it like in smaller chunks. But he made a video screen recording of all the steps involved in creating the song and then how to make it a ringtone. And I love that. I'm like, dude, that's what we're going to put on your YouTube channel, like instructional how-to yeah. videos. I just – that I think it's just fascinating. It's so creative, but it's also educating. Like it's also – It's creative. People. It's learning and it's self-esteem. Yeah, all of that, all wrapped up in one. Did he create – And he, the, did and he, he create, had fun. Did he create his own sounds or was it uh, – something of music or something he'd already had. It was like the loops and things like, you know, there's a piano and there's drums. And so he used some tracks, but then he also did like make his own songs. Like he also, you know, he used chords and things like that, but he made his own songs wow. in, in garage band. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really unique. Cause most yeah. people go to iTunes, they go to iTunes and use one of their songs and you can loop it that way. That's yeah. the easiest way. Yeah. He, that's, that's how I've done uh, it. More uh, complicated, even more unique way of doing it because he has his own unique ringtones. Nobody ever is going to have one similar to his. Exactly. Right? Well, and that's what I love about ringtones because one of the things that I can't stand is like when you're out in public and your phone rings and it's like the, the standard ring and everybody's like reaching for their purse or their pocket or their phone yeah. because they think their phone's yeah. ringing. So I, from the get go, I've always been like, no, give me, I'm, I want my own ringtones. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I do, yeah. just like you said, I mean, I usually use like a clip from a song that I really like, like I'll have some Jimi Hendrix or, oh, Lisa, you have a Tom Petty. I you have know. Tom Petty. Yep. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's just the generic. That's the general one. My my kids and my husband each have their own individual ringtones. Us tones. too. Us too. Yeah. yeah. My husband and I, yeah. we use a song from Seal that's our wedding song. Like that was our, our first dance song. So whenever he calls me mm-hmm. or whenever I call him, we hear our, our wedding song. So I think that's fun. But it'll be really cute if my son make some unique songs that he's actually made. And then I'll make that like one of his ringtones. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Vicki, right. you had a couple of like organizational. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I used to use mint. I still have it set up. Um, and what mint does is um, it allows you to track your bills, do budgeting. It has a different alert to let you know when your bills are due and, it actually will warn you when some unusual activity occurs in your account. The problem with it is that I gradually got a lot of things to track. And um, I just didn't keep up with updating it, you know, because you need to make sure you have the right login for your credit card account. And then I got a little nervous about it being able to be, um, you know, hacked. Um, but uh, they really don't have any way of actually, I don't think they even store your uh, account number in that way that you could, um, that you really should be concerned about that. Um, and then the only thing you can actually do is see the activity on your account. Um, so if someone wants to see that you paid your bill on time, they knock themselves out. Um, but um, I 
still have uh, have it installed. I just haven't updated the information on some of my accounts, so I don't really get that information. But I really like that. I like also that you, just like with everything, you can get your free credit score. You can see what's going on. It'll uh, warn you when you're going over to your recommended amount um, that you should be, you know, have in terms of uh, charges on your on your account. And it, it pretty it's pretty um, easy to set up and then just let it run. And I think it's really important for young people, if there's some young people listening to us out there, to know that your credit is very important. Yeah, a lot of young kids, they say, have bad credit because they don't really know that their bills are due. When I was back in college, we had to mail, you know, when we had to mail our, our bills and put a stamp mm-hmm. on it. The yep. girls always had better credit because they always bought multiple stamps and were prepared to pay. <laughs> now that bill was done. Well, this here is going to do everything for you. It's going to tell you, hey, that's builders do. And it's not that you can pay your bills electronically, you can do that. And so there's no excuse about the stamp. And so uh, I think it's very important for people who are young out there and trying to get their life together. And even us old folks <laughs> who've been out there around. And this is just makes life easier for you. Your bills, you know when they're due and uh, you get a warning when you're, when they're, when you need to make those payments. And then there's one other thing called shoebox. This is things for receipts. Um, you, it's actually, you have to pay for a lot of the features in it. But for me, everything I do, I have to have, I get reimbursed for my, I have to drive to a client, meet a client, then I get paid. If uh, I, I get paid for the mileage and, the tolls and uh, other than the Bay Area, there's tons of toll bridges that the car close. So it this makes life easier for me. I just write it off in my taxes. I was gonna so. say you can write off the cost of the service as a business expense too. Yes, like like four nine nine a month and a nine 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 a month. Depends on what how many receipts you want to upload. I average maybe about ten or more a month. So I'm like at the nine ninety nine a month, and then I write it off, you know, because it's a business expense. Uh, but yeah, it's it's. I have that. I also am able to to put those things aside for tax purposes and all those other things. Uh, and it's shoebox.com. Um, and uh, it's an app also that you can put on your phone. And I think, you and said, like you said, these are really great services for people who need that little helping hand, that guidance that are either able or willing or know how to roll their own. Um, I like yep. it just because it's a good inspiration I look at a service like that and I think right away, well, I can't afford that. And yeah, I could probably justify the cost as a business expense, but I just don't want to. I'd rather spend that money (laughs) elsewhere. But it's a good inspiration for people like me who do enjoy rolling their own. Like I have a system that I use that I think works pretty well. And something like that kind of gives me an affirmation like, ah, right. You know, I can pat myself on the back. Like I already do this stuff and I don't have to pay a monthly fee for it. But boy, is it good because it's out there for people who don't have the wherewithal. Because I mean, (laughs) I have clients who do pay me to help them organize this stuff. And I can think of a couple right now who would probably really make some use out of a service like that. So those are those are really good tips. I justify that, you know, I can write that nine ninety nine a month off on my taxes. It's Otherwise, I would, just like you. Just it probably it pays for itself for something like that, you know? Yeah, because I'm so disorganized. 
I rather not have pieces of paper laying around. Oh, I hate and paper. I, oh, I scanned that in. Oh, I forgot about this, you know. So I am trying so hard to be paperless. And we just got screwed recently because we have been trying to be paperless. And we just decided that we weren't going to save receipts for, like, say, when we went out to a restaurant or something like that. And because we just thought we can't write it off. It's not, you know, expensive or anything like that. So we stopped saving them. Well, then... Our house took a crap on us <laughs> and the insurance company told us we had to have paper receipts. So then we had number and back where we were. Now we had to save all of our paper receipts for everything we went out because we had to go out. We had no kitchen, so we couldn't eat at home. So and the stuff that we could eat at home was like, you know, takeout and things like that. So then we were back to saving paper receipts again. But then I started yeah. scanning them and, you know, then that didn't last. And so, yeah, something like something like that would probably help somebody out in that kind of situation where they have to start saving that stuff. And because then you have to supply it to the insurance company and justify yeah, the expenses. Not, not, all, not all businesses will send you an electronic receipt. So yeah, you're right. You still got to have receipts at times, especially for restaurants, especially for takeout, you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we hope we gave you some ideas for new year, new you. It's, we want you to focus on you, something that you've always wanted to do, whether it's traveling or cooking or seeing plays or concerts or going to an art museum, whatever it is that you want to do, do it. Enjoy. Life is short. Enjoy. So we also want to thank Melissa for joining us today. Melissa, if people want to get in touch with you, how would they do so? I'll make it real easy for you. I'm online all over at the Mac Mommy. Okay. So again, thank you to Melissa for joining us. And we want to thank you, the listener. Yep. And we want to thank you, the listener, for joining us. If you have any ideas, you know how to get in touch with Vicki and I and Suze. Just go to 3geekyladies.com with the number three spelled out. And our contact information is there. Thanks again for listening. We will talk to you next time. everybody, this is Simon Parnell, the host of the Essential Apple Podcast, a show where we aim to take a wander around the week's news in Apple, news, reviews, technology, security, and anything else that catches our eye. Plus, from time to time, we like to have guests from the industry who we get to tell us about their products, their services, their history, their philosophies, what uh, drives them, and of course, just what makes them tick. That, plus a bunch of friends talking about the news in Apple. What more could you possibly want? Check us out on the My Mac Podcasting Network 